Hi, and welcome to the FVCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We're coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range of Northwest Montana. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also serve 40 years with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. In the Nature Journal, we focus on the critters and quirks of nature found on the campus, the wide surrounding flatted basin, all across Montana and beyond. Our producer is Colin Burkhardt, an employee here at FBCC Library, and thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. In this week's podcast, we're going to take a look at a very secretive creature. It's an amphibian, actually, that lives in our cold, rocky streams here in Montana, and it's called the tailed frog. I don't know if any of you have seen a tailed frog, but it's very different than other frogs. Now, Colin, you've seen lots of frogs, but you probably haven't seen the tailed frog, right? No, not personally. Yeah, it's, it's a very secretive frog. In fact, some people debate whether it's actually a frog at all. So this unique frog has what appears to be a short, stubby tail, but it's really not a tail. It's an organ on the male used for reproduction, and that's what it is. It's really not a tail. So you, you look at it, you go, hey, it's a tail frog. It's really not a tail. It's, it's a very unusual. It's the only frog has internal fertilization. All other frogs, the female broadcasts the eggs and then the male fertilizes them. But in this case, the male actually does internal fertilization with the female. So they're among the most primitive families of frogs that are known. They can live, how long would you say they live in the wild? And they're a pretty long-lived frog. Oh, it's probably like 10 years. Is that too long? No, that's a good guess. They can live up to 15 years in the wild. 15. Yeah, which is a long time for a frog. And they're actually in the genus Ascophus, in the family Ascophidae. There's two species. Now, Ascophus truei used to be formerly a catch-all for all the species of tailed frog that includes the ones that lived in Montana, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, British Columbia. And so that used to be the same. They used to refer to that as truei. But now they've split it, and Ascophus montanus, the one we have in Montana and, and in the Rockies here, is now known as the inland-tailed frog. Truei is now known as the coastal-tailed frog. So they were split just in 2001. Are you aware of, like, the debate between the lumpers and the splitters in genetics? No, not exactly. Some scientists are just tend to split species into smaller groups. Some tend to lump them, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, a splitter got a hold of this one. Now we have two species, and ours is Ascovis montanus. The tail on the frog, as we said, is an extension of the male cloaca, and it's one of the two distinct anatomical features that adapt this species to life in fast-flowing streams. Now, why do you think... A frog that lives in a fast-flowing stream would be better off using internal fertilization like that. Because the eggs probably would not be very easy to keep in one place if it was a fast-flowing stream. That's if right. They were outside of the frog. That's right. And the male gametes would be washed away if it weren't for it being injected into the female. Right. So it's an adaptation for this frog living in a fast-flowing stream. And a long time ago, well, about in about 2000, actually, about when they were splitting this, I did a uh, video outdoor report on the tailed frog, and I took an expert, amphibian expert, up to Doris Creek. Now, Doris Creek flows into Hungry Horse Reservoir. It's got a lot of tailed frogs. Mm-hmm. And so we did a lot of filming of tailed frogs there, and I interviewed them and so on. So one great place to see tailed frogs is any of the tributaries around Hungry Horse Reservoir. They tend to be more in a forested, you know, up, up the drainage more than... I've never seen one in a place like, you know, in the valley in a stream. It's always up higher, cold water, rocky stream. So it's about two inches long. It's really a small frog, and its color is like dark brownish green. And the adults will forage around the stream margin, sometimes even in the stream itself, among the rock and woody debris, and they're looking for different aquatic insects and terrestrial insects that they can ingest. They breathe, actually, through their skin. 
believe it or not, in the water. The oxygen from the water goes into the blood vessels which are located close to the surface of the skin, and then that's absorbed into the bloodstream. So that's how you get oxygen into their blood system. So they have vertical pupils instead of horizontal pupils, which is interesting, and a very wide head and snout. So all frogs don't have that? I'm pretty sure that this might be one of the few that do. That's a great question. I should have checked on that. I'll, I'll have to check on that. But anyway, I know these have vertical pupils. So they, their eye appears to be split up and down. And the skin on their back is kind of warty, almost like a toad. And those warts, are they interact with the skin to absorb that oxygen from the water. The female is a little bit larger than the male. So that can be kind of unusual. They have very, interesting thing, they have very small lungs. They can breathe out of the water. But mostly they absorb oxygen through the water. So they have small lungs. And the other thing they have that shows that they're very primitive is that they have extra vertebrae compared to other frogs that date all the way back to like the dinosaur age, you know, 100 million years ago or so. And so that makes them very unusual also. And so there, it's a very similar oxygenation system as a fish, except they don't have gills. They just do it through their skin. So mm. very unusual, very primitive. Yeah, I... I think I read somewhere that they, they were known for being able to go further away from water sources than some of the other frogs that depend on streams and things like that. Is that true? Well, the, the study that yeah. said they could get as far away for, from water or streams as 200 meters before that, returning back. That's news to me. I, I didn't know that because they're, they're known as one of the most water-dependent frogs in the world. Their tadpole obviously has to be in the water. Mm-hmm. And then the, you'll actually find adults in a fast-flowing stream. But they could. They could move aside, you know, into up a, like a little ravine where it's wet. They could move into there. said that that would be more commonly in wet areas than yeah. just uh, anywhere. That's possible. But I've always seen them right in the stream itself and right along the edge. You'll find those adults under rocks or logs along the side of cold, rocky streams. I remember when I was filming them, I'd pick up a rock, and there he is. He's right in the water looking up at me with that little square head they have. So if you're looking for them, go along, lift up rocks in the current, and if you're in a stream that has them, you'll definitely find the tadpoles. Now, the tadpoles have this suction cup on the bottom, and they're a very, very unique animal, a unique stage of the animal. And maybe you'll find the male with his nose sticking out of the water. A lot of times they're actually in the water. And so... This is the only North American frog that reproduces, as we said, by internal fertilization. And the tail, that tail, quote-unquote, that really isn't a tail, allows the male to fertilize the female internally so that the gametes doesn't wash away in the flowing water. The female has 35 to 100 eggs, which is quite a few. And they hold the fertilized eggs in their body until they lay them. And it, sometimes they can hold them in there for quite a while, like weeks or a month, uh, until the conditions are right enough to lay the eggs. Now, unfortunately about the tailed frog, one of their characteristics that kind of makes me sad is they can't vocalize. So they're silent forever, Colin. We're never going to know what they sound like. They don't like the, the rivet sound. <laughs> they don't make any sound at all. But the one thing about them that, that shows that they're very primitive is they have those extra vertebrae. And the tadpoles, as we mentioned, they're completely unique. They are one or two inches long, and they have a large suction cup disc on their underside. Really crazy looking tadpole to help them hold on their place in fast water. And I've seen them. They actually pull themselves up watery shells or little cliffs in streams and, and feed on algae that's growing on that, that wet rock. And they're completely water dependent. They have to be in the water to survive. So if you want to see the tadpole, you look under rocks in the stream or waterfalls and they feed, uh, again, on aquatic insects and algae. And how long do you think it takes that tadpole to develop into an adult? Probably not that long. I would say three, three months, maybe? Well, as far as we know, it's three to five years to develop into adults. They, Jeez. Yeah, it takes a long time because they're living in cold water, and they, you know, they start out as real tiny, and they grow, grow up to about an inch and a half or two inches before they metamorphose into a frog. So 
if you're looking for the tadpoles then, you go along that stream and you look under the rocks in a fairly shallow area and you'll see them using that suction cup to maintain their position. Keep looking because the adults won't be far away, but what happens is when you pick up a rock that they're on, they'll drop right back into the stream. So try to pick up the rock and have them drop in your hand. You can get a really good look at them. And they scurry and swim away, but if you check the shallows, you should be able to catch one and examine it. Some of the places I, what we really need is a, a map across Montana that shows all the locations where tailed frogs have been seen. And I've kind of fallen down on that too, because I've seen them in many places and not reported with, like I should have. I've seen them uh, all within the Bob Marshall Wilderness, the outlet of Almeda Lake. I remember seeing them there. My sons and I, we, we love to kind of collect and see where they, they look, where they are, and, and just look at them. They're such a neat animal. As I said, Doris Creek, tributaries of Hungry Horse Reservoir are good places to look. I showed a few friends this summer some tailed frogs in a small stream that crosses Doris Creek. We were hiking up to Jenny Lake, and this one little place where the trail goes along the creek, I've always, my kids and I have always stopped and looked at the tailed frogs there. I've seen them, you know, that's where I've seen them kind of climb up the cliffs in the water and stuff like that. And I showed them, and they were, they had never seen them, and they, you know, they're very outdoor-oriented people, and they'd never seen tailed frogs. So if you want to see something really unusual, just go up any of those tributaries around Hungry Horse Reservoir. And in Glacier Park, I've seen, in fact, one interesting time, I was hiking into Trout Lake. I don't know if you've ever been there. But you hike up from McDonald Lake, and then you go over Howe Ridge, and then down into Trout Lake. Have you been there? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So there's a tributary on your way over, and I don't know if it's Howe Creek or what the tributary is called, where you cross, you're climbing, you know, you're going up the trail, and you cross that tributary. And I was looking around, and I saw quite a few tailed frogs in there. And then after that, after I crossed that creek and continued up towards the trail to Trout Lake, I ran into a Glacier Park Ranger, and he wasn't even aware that they were in that creek, you know, because mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't be if you weren't really looking for these tailed frogs. You wouldn't see them. It's not like they're hopping around outside the stream. They're pretty pretty oriented to the stream. The one last thing I'd say about a tailed frog is you would think by how sensitive and habitat specific they are that they would be in, you know, kind of in trouble or in low numbers, but Actually, they're, when you find a stream that has them in yeah, it. Yeah, they're pretty common still. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of them in there. They live in a pretty good density because they have unlimited food supply, right? They're living in that stream with all those aquatic insects and anything that drops into the, into the water. Yeah. So very unusual animal. If you want to see one, as I said, the tributaries around Hungry Horse are a great place to look or any high mountain outlet of a mountain lake, that kind of thing. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of The Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next week. 